the middle of a 21 day, uh, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, make some noise for that. We're at 21 days in prayer and fasting, uh, and I just love, I love seeing uh, those that are participating. Now, the goal is, the goal isn't to do Daniel fast. The goal isn't just to pray every single day and read your Bible. The goal is 100% participation is our goal. And so fast something. Our team and I, were doing the Daniel fast, no meat, sweets, or treats. We're in a Bible devotional together. How many were in the first uh, week of our Bible devotional? We have, what, over 30 or 40 people on there reading uh, a devotional scripture. And then we were talking it over in the app. And it was so great as your pastor to see some wonderful insight, revelation, things I didn't read or things I didn't see in God's word that I read. And so make sure you go on our website, avenuechurch.cc forward slash fast. And join us for week two devotional. And so we're going to do, uh, we have three devotionals, three weeks for the three-week fast of 21 days. I encourage you, join in, dive in. Uh, fasting is how we're giving God our, our 10th of our year of 2022. And uh, we're believing for some powerful things. At the end of the fast, uh, we're going to have a worship night. A worship night. January 30th, 6 p.m., all right, 6 o'clock, uh, a worship night right here, and we are going to worship, man. We're going to be believing for signs and wonders and healings and miracles and breakthroughs. How many need a breakthrough? Come on. Don't be shy in this house. I need a breakthrough, and we're going to have worship night on January 30th, 6 p.m. Also, I'm going to make an announcement next week about a little thing called 5 and 5 on, on Sunday morning, and that's going to be super fun. Uh, as well. How many got your Bibles with you? I got to get into God's Word. How many got your Bibles? Got your Bibles? How many got digital? Get your digital Bibles out. Get your iPhones out. Android, don't even bother, all right? You're just going to be frustrated. We don't want you to be frustrated. Uh, but Psalms 126. Psalms 126. Psalms, if you have a foot phone, I love you, actually. Psalms 126, verse 1 through 6. This has become, this has become our anchor verse, not just for this collection of talks, but for our year. Our year. And it says, it was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage. And you brought us back to Zion. Next week, I'm going to tell you all about the context of this scripture verse. David's not writing this. This is a different author. We laughed and we laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. I love this. All the nations saw it and they were joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. The Lord has done great miracles for them. I want people to look at our church and go, who in the heck are they? What, 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 what just happened? They, they, they came out of nowhere. But if the Lord could do it for them, the Lord could do it for me. He could do it for us. And I love this. The Lord has done great miracles. Yes, he did mighty miracles. And we are overjoyed. Now, before I advance to the next slide, I want you to see this. This is past tense. Back in the good old days. Man, back before. But here's what the next slide says. It says this. Now, Lord, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. I ain't talking about your quarterback in high school, all right? A little bit more than that. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Some of us in this room are probably feeling pretty dry over the past, now it's over two years. Those who sow their tears and seas will reap a harvest with joyful sounds of glee. 
They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter, with shouting of gladness, as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. I thank you for your word. I think your word is living. It's active. It's a powerful word. Father, I thank you that your word is on time. And your word is for us today. As a father in the midst of chaos, in the midst of heartache, Father, we stand on your word. And so, Father, I just pray for uh, any, any pain and disappointment of any Las Vegas Raiders fans. Father, heal their hearts and let them know they're still next year. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen and amen. Online audience, type amen real quick for me. Uh, and here's what I really want to uh, talk about today. I really would love to really break down this scripture, but I want to break down verse 5 and 6 of this portion of scripture. Because as you read, they're reading about, okay, back then, restore us. Father, I want to have joy again. I want to have laughter again. So the context of Psalms 126, it is actually many chapters. It's called the Psalms of Advent. And I want you to know that in this portion of scripture, they're actually filled with pain and discouragement. They're hurting. I can really begin to realize many of us in our church, we're hurting and we're discouraged. We're hurting and we're discouraged. And the danger of having discouragement in your life, and a lot of times in the Christian world, we kind of say, suck it up, buttercup. Or we say, just, just, I'm praying. Praying for you, I'll check back with you next year. But sometimes you don't know what to do as a Christ follower with pain and discouragement. Begin to realize that discouragement, I'm going to touch right here, right? Discouragement blinds us, but hope helps us. But what if you're in a season where you're so discouraged you don't have any hope? Where you don't feel like feeling? What if you're in a season and you're saying, Pastor, I'm so discouraged. I just, I don't have vision for my life. I don't even know. How many remember those days when vision would carry you through the hard seasons? And now I don't feel that anymore. I want to really kind of encourage, I'm going to preach myself today, but a lot of times discouragement can be an emotion. And our emotions really should follow our faith, but the problem is our faith follows our emotions. And this is easier said than done. Because I'm discouraged. Well, this is what I'm going to do. But what if you're so discouraged, your faith begins to take a U-turn and begins to follow your emotions? I don't believe anymore. I don't see anymore. I don't trust anymore. But there's hope on the way because I've begun to realize I've been a Christ follower since I was in junior high school and went into the ministry. And this year would be my 20th year of ministry. Right? Right? I did it. Right? I did it. You know? Uh, I got scars and wounds. You know? Like, I did it. And can I just tell you, discouragement is often the greatest when our breakthrough is the closest. Come on. Come on. I want you to, somebody, you might have to get your phone out right now. If you are extremely discouraged, I want you to take a picture of this slide. Online audience, I want you to type this in the comments. That discouragement is often the greatest when breakthrough is the closest. When you're feeling like, man, I, I, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to go to Avenue today. Because I'm in the greatest season of my discouragement, and today very well might be a Hail Mary for you. 
I'm going to go, but if I don't go, I'm going to quit. Because I don't see breakthrough. I don't see anything changing in my life. Um, I'm in a season right now of, of, of pain, of discouragement. I've been going to ask the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said, share this with your church. Uh, about a year and a half ago, um, in the middle of pandemic, God opened some incredible doors. Opportunities came to us. We were in the process of adopting a beautiful uh, little boy, uh, another member of our family. Uh, man, grew to love him, uh, raised him, uh, potty trained him. And uh, just recently, about a month ago, overnight, we, we lost him. Uh, family changed their mind, uh, all those different things. And he's been out of our life for about, for about a month or so. And we hurt. We're in pain. I tell you that because I don't want, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for you to go pastor, you know. And, and this is my church family. Your pastor's not perfect, and perfect things don't happen to us. I wish perfect things happened to us. But how many know it doesn't? We live in a fallen and broken world. Even though you hear the word of the Lord, there's still free will, there's still people, there's still choices. And so I share this with you today because Psalms 126 is all about what do I do with my pain and my discouragement? What do I do when I'm hurting? What do I do when I don't feel? What do I do when, you know, I sit down and I'm having a hard, you know, having a hard time reading God's word or praying or what, what, what do I do when my faith has been rocked? Because it's not what just happened to us, it's what happened to something, something that we heard from the Lord. And so I want to throw this question out today. What am I doing about my pain? What am I doing about my pain? And so I'm just going to talk up here today. And If you're brand new with us, man, this is, this is about as real as it gets at Avenue Church. Because, uh, man, we want you to come as you are. And when you come as you are, God gets a hold of our heart and changes us. Changes us. And so what am I doing about my pain? There's three things that I'm personally doing as your pastor, as a human being, as a Christ follower. There's three things that I am doing. I am turning, I am talking, and I am trusting. I am turning, I am talking, I am trusting. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I am turning, I am talking, I am trusting. Tell your other neighbor, neighbor, I'm turning, I'm talking, I'm trusting. Man, I want you to have this in your mind. I want you to, the moment something happens, right, your team loses today, and you go, I'm turning, I'm talking, I'm trusting. I'm turning, I'm talking, I'm trusting. If you're in the ministry, you know I'm a good pastor. Well, I got three T's. Come on, somebody, yeah. We're about to rhyme up in here, all right? Don't judge somebody's breakthrough until you know what they've been through, you know? Sorry. But I'm turning, I'm talking, and I'm trusting. But can I just tell you, hold on with me for a minute. As you, some of you in this room, you already, you've already preached the message. I already know what these three points are, but let's start with the first one, is I want you to turn to God. And this might sound so elementary, but can I just share with you, it is easier to turn to other things than to miss your pain. Can I just tell you, when you're hurting, you go, God! There are so many other things in your life that you could turn to that will give you instant gratification but it's just going to be a Band-Aid. It's not going to heal your heart. There is nothing in this world that can heal my heart except Jesus Christ. 
But can I tell you? Come on. But there's a lot of things I could turn to. There's a lot I could turn my back on God and say, I'm just doing what you did to me. And I'm turning away. But here's the thing. Pain can either return me to Jesus and get my relationship stronger to Jesus, or you could lead me away from Jesus. It's your choice. We all go through pain. We all go through pain, but we all have a choice. And the Bible says, James chapter 4, draw, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Maybe you should put another word in here. Turn to God, and he will turn to you. Even though he's never turned my back on me, he'll never, he's never left me nor forsaken me. He's there with me. He's not surprised by what is happening. But I believe God hurts too. But here's what I want you to write down. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. Right? I can't avoid pain. If I avoid pain, there's probably something wrong with me. It's probably my trauma response if I'm like, ha, ha, praise God, you know. That I need to find some, some, someone to help me. But pain is inev inevitable, but misery is optional. And here's the difference. I could be in pain and turn to God, or I could be in pain and turn to misery. And I want you to know, God can use pain. He uses pain all the time. But God can't use misery. He can't use misery. He can't use misery. I love C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said this. We can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. God uses Pain. Jeremiah 50, uh, 50 20, right? Uh, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah uh, Genesis, Genesis 50, 20. Uh, whatever the devil intends for evil, whatever pain was inflicted on my life, God will turn it around for good. God will always use it. Have you ever seen people in excruciating pain, in excruciating season, lose people that they love, and all of a sudden you, you, you talk to them and you're going, like, like, would you do it all over again? Like, do you wish that never took place? And you go, you know what? As much as it hurt, I'm glad it happened. Because God uses pain. Here's a scripture verse we always quote, Jeremiah 29, 11. Come on, somebody, where's the church at? For the plans I have for you, right? Pla declares the Lord, plans for welfare, plans for good, not for evil. They give you a future and a hope. Yes! But then there's another verse. But then you will call upon me. Then you will turn and you'll come and pray to me. And I will hear you. You will seek me. And here's the problem. Many of us, we turn away from God because we don't think God wants anything to do with us. But this is the promise from God. You will seek me and you will find me. Maybe not right away. It might take a minute. Not because of him, but because of me. That's why we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Not because of my situation, because we do this every single year. But how many know God's timing is never coincidence? God knows what he's doing. It says, when you seek me with all your heart. I love this next verse, Jeremiah 29, uh, uh, verse thir uh, 14. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You know, my Bible says God is a God who cannot lie. That if it's in his word, he can't take it out of the word. God doesn't have white out. He's going, ah, by the way. It says, I will be found by you and I will restore your fortunes. 
And I will gather you from the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I send you into exile. God will use pain. So I'm just going to have to turn. Turn to God. So I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. So number two is talk to God. Talk to God. Now, this is like, this, I'm going Christianese right now, all right? This is the church, right? What do I do? Pray. Pray. But what if you're in so much pain you can't pray? What if you're so frustrated and discouraged? Because a lot of times we own that pain and we say, God doesn't hear me. God doesn't speak to me. I'm here to tell you, God hears you. Sometimes I believe God's moving chess pieces in heaven around. I mean, if you're like, if you're in this room, you're going, I need, I'm praying for a husband. God's like, I'm, I, it's not you. I'm getting this joker ready. I'm trying. My goodness, he's got to move out of his mommy's basement. Never mind, we're going to get a different man. I want you to, if you live in your mama's basement, talk to me afterwards. But sometimes it's hard to pray when you're discouraged and you're in pain. So I want to help you out. I want to take it a step further. I, I, yes, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Please, please pray. Pray is communicating with God. But you know what I want you to do? I want you to complain to God. Is that okay? I want you to complain to him. Because you know what? God, he's, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He, he knows what's inside your heart. You might as well say it. Otherwise, you're going to be an average Christian in church. How are you? God is good all the time. I'm broken and dead inside. <laughs> Complain to him. Say, God, I am extremely frustrated. I'm mad. I'm upset. I journal it, yell it, scream it. Get in your car. Your car's got really good soundproofing, by the way. And I want you to scream and yell and say, God, why? Because here's what David says. David, a man after God's own heart, says this. How long, O oh Lord? Will you forget me forever? Like, this is like a bad, like, breakup or something, right? How long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow or pain in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Why is they winning? They don't even serve you. Why are they winning? And it says this, consider and answer me, O my Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. You think you're the only one going through it? David just went through it. Why? Why me? Why this? I want you to complain to God. I want you to lay it out. I want you to use whatever words you got to use. And I want you to talk to God. I want you to complain to God. I believe God's not going to go, who are you? Like he did with Job. All right? That's the Old Testament God. He sent his one and only son toward the veil. A lot of grace now. But there's a God in heaven that will talk to you and lead you and guide you. That's why I'm going to turn, I'm going to talk. For me, it's praying. For me, it's complaining. But here's, but do me a favor. If you complain to God, there's one thing you have to do for me. If you complain to God, I want you to ask God. I want you to ask him. And I love this. I've never seen this in Scripture before. Remember, God uses your pain. John 16. Jesus, Jesus, this is Jesus Christ. He says this, truly, truly. That means it's very important. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep, you will cry, you will lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow 
will turn to joy. You have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one can take your joy away from you. Now, just a second, right? Come on. Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, I'm about to go die, and they had no clue. I'm going to die a, bru a gruesome, brutal death, but on the third day, I'm going to rise again, go to hell, slap the devil inside the, the face, get the keys, ascend into heaven. It's going to be great and glorious, but guess what? God doesn't want us to get saved today to get to heaven. He wants us to get saved today to bring heaven to our world, to bring heaven to our earth. And look, look at this. And in that day, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, because you have everything you need. You have Jesus. But this... But whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. I wonder, in the midst of our complaining, do we actually ask for anything? And it says this, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Theologians broke this scripture down for me in two different bakers, and, you know, two different sections. And they both said, God wants you to ask in your season of pain so that he can show that he will give you things. He will bless you. He will restore you in the season. So I want to turn. I want to talk. Turn, talk. But the last one is I want to trust. I want to trust God. 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 If you really, I mean, this could be like Sunday school answer, but it's a hard answer. It's a hard thing to do sometimes. Pro Proverbs chapter 3, everyone knows this scripture verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Anytime you see a, like a popular scripture verse, read the whole thing. You'd be, be able to see the context of that verse. So I'm going to trust God. But what's interesting in John chapter 16, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep, you will lament. What does this have to do with trusting God? To, la to lament is a... Uh, obviously a word in the Webster's Dictionary, but it's also a theological term. A theological term for those, and you can put the next word up, is lamenting. And to, to lament is to grieve and to mourn and to express sorrow. Uh, to be in pain is to lament. But there's something powerful about lamenting. Lamenting is different than just crying. Lamenting is different than just sorrowing, if that's a word, right? But lamenting is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. God, I am hurting. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm heartbroken. But I'm still going to find my way back to trusting you. I know you didn't do it. But I'm going to lament. I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. Lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. I want you to know to lament is a way for us to process our pain. Problem is, a lot of times we never process our pain and we just lead to misery. Lamenting makes me better instead of bitter. To lament is the bridge between my pain and my praise.
And I love lament leads us through our sorrows so we can trust God and to praise him. To trust him and to praise him. I love Psalms 126. And it says, you know, those, those who sow their tears as seed will reap a harvest. Those who sow their tears as seed will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. For some of us, we go, how? How can I get to this point back in my life again? How can I have joy? There's people in this room, you, you, you can't even remember the last time you just had a good laugh. You can't remember the last time you just, you had hope for tomorrow, hope for today. And it says this, here's the answer. They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter and shouting and gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. You know, the Bible says a couple things about seeds. As Jesus said, there's, there was a, a, a farmer who had seeds, and he you know, cast seeds on different types of soil. And the different types of soil represents different kinds of people. Man, there might be the uh, soil on the concrete that, that simply didn't even pick up or allow the seed to, uh, to, to go into the dirt and to grow. Then there's soil that's rocky and rocky can either be uh, you know, a jaded heart, I don't want anything to do with God, or, or there's even the thorny soil where you're distracted by life. You're never taking time to just really process God's seed or, or God's word. But here's what I love is that we also plant seeds. What you sow is what you reap. So if I'm in this world and I say, you know what, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of, uh, uh, I'm sick and tired of being tired. I, I'm just going to be afraid. And, and as you give in to fear, you're sowing fear and you're going to reap anxiety, worry, stress. It's going to take a toll on your body and your mind. If you're in this house today and you're saying, I have financial issues, well, well, keep taking your seed and put it in your pocket. It's not going to grow. But if you take your money, and I'm talking about money, if you take your money and you say, here's 10%, here's another 10%, what you're doing is you're sowing seeds and you'll reap a harvest. Press down, sinking together, running over. God will open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing over your life. But there's seeds that we sow. And I love what Psalms, can you go back one, I love what Psalms 126 says. The author is painting a picture of someone that says, I have seed. This is the seed of whatever seed you want it to be. But as they're planting the seed, right, it could be a dry and barren desert. It could be a seed where I'm so discouraged, where I'm frustrated, where I am so much in pain, I can't stop crying. But here's what I love. It says they sow the seeds but as they sow the seeds, they're weeping. As they sow the seed, they're weeping. As they sow the seed, they're weeping. They didn't just sow seed and quit and give up. They said, I am sowing seed, but I'm weeping. I'm so much in pain, but I've decided to turn. Man, I've decided to talk. I've decided to trust. I've decided to turn. I've decided to talk. And I've decided to trust. And you might be saying, why do you get this platform all wet? Because I got a new building coming in Jesus' name. That's my seed I'm sowing. I'm going to turn. 
I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. Now, what about your family, Jeremy? I'm not just going to be a father of one. I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. And all of a sudden, if I don't quit, if I don't give up, I will have a harvest. 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 I, will, I need new shoes now. But what you sow is what you reap. Go back one more. And then in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their tears and their sowing, you're going to look up and go, look at this harvest. Jesus did it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Yeah, my grandfather is a farmer. My sister married a farmer. Do you know when you plant seeds, it takes like a year? Isn't that crazy? It takes like nine months, depending on what you plant. For us, sometimes we, we say, okay, God, you know these seeds? See my tears? You got one hour. Okay, God, you see these tears in these seeds? Man, you got, you got like a day or a week. And if not, I'm leaving. Instead, I'm just going to say, I'm sowing. I'm sowing. What you sow is what you reap. And I love this. Tears don't actually reap pain. Tears reap joy. Tears don't bring more, more, more tears or tears don't bring more pain. According to my word, God's word, the tears will reap joy. Galatians chapter 6 verse 6. Do not be deceived. My God is not mocked. For one sows, he will reap. For one sows his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Don't give up. Don't give up. For in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. I'm preaching good today because I want to tell you, don't quit in your pain. Don't quit in your pain. For 20 years, I've seen far too many Christ followers, friends, family, people I love, quit. Because when discouragement is the greatest, you'll want to quit. But when discouragement is the greatest, breakthrough is often the closest. It's right there. I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. And hear me out, that pain will hit again and again. Discouragement again and again. What are you going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to complain to God. I'm going to have a conversation with God. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to say, God, this is what I'm asking for. You know what I believe? Jesus said, you got to ask God so you have a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith. To say, God, I'm just going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. And you know what lamenting is trusting? Sometimes you just go, I'm trusting God. You could be like, I am trusting the Lord. 
But if you're in this room, I want you to really see this scripture verse right here, or this, this quote. But pain must follow trust. Otherwise, pain will lead us to misery. It leads us in a place of such heartache where you abandon the faith, you abandon it all. And can I just tell you, when I say abandon the faith, I'm talking about you're abandoning hope. You're abandoning a future that God has placed on inside of us. And I can tell all the questions, I can say all the questions. Man, I, I grew up in church, but this pain is so cruciating. Why did God allow this to happen to me? Or this pain is so, it's, it hurts so much. Why would God lead me down this path? If he knows everything and knows all things. I don't know. I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. If I can make stupid decisions, if I can make big decisions, I'm going to turn. I'm going to talk. I'm going to trust. If you're in this room and you're experiencing this, I challenge you to fast. You've done, what, 10, 11 days already? Man, just finish it out with us. Fast something. Give up meat, sweets, and treats, social media, TV, whatever it is. Get into your word. But turn, talk, and to trust. Will you do me a favor? Just every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room today, I want to ask several questions because I'm in pain, but I know there are many people in this room, you're in pain. And I want to pray with you today. Pain is what unites us. But we all got to turn. We all got to talk. We got to trust. But if you're in this room today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm in pain. I hurt. I'm discouraged, frustrated. I'm angry. In just a moment, I want to ask you to stand to your feet. I just want you to worship. I just want you to worship. And say, may I, I'm making a declaration today to turn, to talk, to trust. If that's you today, will you just stand with me, please? Will you raise two hands and just say, I'm in pain, but Jesus, will you heal me? Will you restore me? Will you touch me? Will you be with me? Go ahead, worship team. Just sing just for a second. I want to take just two minutes and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, guide us, and lead us today. In Jesus' name.
forsake us. Father, I thank you in the midst of our pain, you're going to heal us. Father, I thank you that there is a breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming. Father, I pray for, there's someone in this room, you lost a, a grandmother, grandmother who was like a mom to you. And it, it hurt, you're questioning God. I just feel like God wants to say, She's with me. And it's okay to be mad at me, but I'm still with you. And I still love you. I just speak healing over your mind, over your body, over those questions you're asking. Why God? I don't know if it's unexpected. I don't know. But Father, I just speak healing over your mind in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for those that are in this room today. And you feel like you've turned so far away from God that you even know what you're doing in this room today. 
You know what I love about God? He's omnipresent. As you turn so far away from God, there he is. He's right next to you. Never left you. Never forsaken you. But what he's desiring for you to do is to draw near to him. He can draw near to you. And that drawing near is not just close proximity. It's a relationship. God wants to speak to you. God wants to lead you and guide you. He wants to heal you. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. Maybe you've had a relationship with Jesus before, but a lot of people got in the way. You've been hurt deeply. But for some reason today, it's different. You're saying, I want to give my life to Jesus today. If that's you today, I'm asking you to join our church. I'm asking you to join the kingdom of heaven. I want you to know God so you can find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. But if that's you today, head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. I just want you to put a hand up, put it right back down. That's all I want. Just put a hand up, put it right back down. Say, that's me, Pastor. Just put it up and right back down. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just put, yep. Anyone else? That's all. That's a lot of hands. I love this. So let's all pray this prayer together. Lift your voice for me. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. Say today, I repent of my sins. Say be Lord of my life. Say the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say Jesus, speak to me, guide me, and lead me. For I am yours. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a shout today.